know what time it is. It's time for QE8. QE10. Don't worry about it. Money printer go bird. Money printer go bird. Welcome to the first ever episode of Liberty Lockdown, starring the one and only Clint. I'll just leave it at that for now. I don't know if the feds are listening. Anyways, wanted to uh, check in with you guys. It's been almost a year uh, since my last podcast, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Some of you know what happened with the unwind with the prior show, but needless to say, a bit tumultuous. Uh, So I will be proceeding solo with guests that you know and love, like Dustin and McKinney. And... uh, Maybe some other secrets that we'll unveil as the show progresses. Anyways, lots changed. My God. What hasn't changed? Jesus fucking Christ. So we are currently under lockdown. It's been approximately six weeks that I have been personally quarantined. Uh, As of about two weeks ago, I completely stopped giving a fuck and have been going outside consistently. Um, I'm a new gun owner. I am borderline insane at this point. And uh, yeah, I feel like everyone listening probably feels similarly. So I know I'm not special in that regard, but you tuned in, so I'm gonna tell you how I feel. How I feel is abused. I feel as if the uh, all of my worst nightmares, essentially, came true in a way I never expected. If I ever expected any sort of tyranny in my lifetime, I thought it would almost certainly be a war powers act and it would be, you know, nuclear war or some sort of conflict that justified or allowed them to justify the takeover of our country. I was wrong. A uh, a virus that appears to be potentially a little bit worse than the average seasonal flu is all it took for most of my freedoms to evaporate overnight and my fellow man to say nothing about it, which I don't know about you, but I'm a little upset about just, just a tad, just a little upset. And I can't believe that there's not more protest. Now I am glad to say that there has been some protests recently Thank God for that. Um, I don't know why there's not more. I don't know why it's not violent. (laughs) I don't know why people aren't more upset than they are. But nonetheless, uh, I am glad to see that some people are starting to wake up and starting to make their voices heard that you cannot keep us in our houses indefinitely, um, particularly when we're not dealing with a bubonic plague. I mean, the science is in. It's not that bad. Is it bad? Sure. Is it that bad? No. It's not bad enough to give up your freedom. And if you think it is, you need to raise the bar by which you decide when your freedoms are to be given away. Because you're coming off like a bitch. Straight up bitch. Now, quite clearly, I knew my fellow man was not going to stand up for themselves easily or quickly. But I think we all, American red-blooded born here people thought that there was a uh, 
just a, a greater strength in our spirit, a desire for freedom over safety. I really felt that in my soul. I feel it personally. So obviously this is a bit of projection on my part, but I believed that more people in my life would know instinctually when their freedoms were being taken away. And they would know instinctually that it's not right. And that you have to fight for yourself and you have to stand up for yourself. And sometimes you have to mean it. You can't just ask. You can't just tweet about it. You can't just bitch about it to your friends and your family. You have to actually go out there and make it fucking happen. And, you know, I'm not trying to instigate a riot. This is all on the up and up here, folks. Uh, I am, however, trying to see if everyone could just be a little bit introspective. Look, look into your heart. Where is your limit? Where is your line? Where do you decide that you're going to stand up? When do you say no? When do you say I'm free? When do you walk outside without a mask on like a fucking adult? Soon, I hope. I don't know about you. I lost my job, more or less. Um, you know, I, I can't. I'm a money manager. I, I lend capital out, and you'd have to be out of your fucking mind to lend in this environment. So I'm not doing that, which essentially means I'm unemployed. But because I was self employed, I don't get a bailout. And because I made too much last year, I don't get a stimulus check. And because the government fucking hates anyone that produces anything, I'm probably going to get nothing, which is okay. Because fortunately, I'm an independent person who has saved and invested wisely, and I should be able to weather this okay. Um, unfortunately, many of my friends and family are not in that position. You know, they'll get their stimulus check, they'll get their unemployment or whatever. Um, but I don't know if you've looked in the hood, it doesn't exactly create the most, you know, optimistic, go get it type atmosphere. And I fear that that's what we're going to be creating if this lockdown persists much longer. Uh, I, for one, already feel a tendency towards laziness and a diminished productivity um, already, you know, just six weeks in. And, you know, I'm self-employed. So I had already the habits instilled in me necessary to go out and produce and be productive on my own, you know, set my own schedule, do my own thing. A lot of people don't have that. You know, they're used to having a boss that cracks a whip. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a ton of people have, you know, finished Netflix a couple days ago. That's scary stuff. You know, I, you, you build habits over years, you break them pretty quickly. And I fear that, you know, if you keep people locked down and unemployed, especially if you're going to give them, you know, a thousand bucks a week for three months plus, Shit, when I was younger, I would have taken it, you know, and I've always been independent, pretty fiercely independent, but I still, you know, offer me a thousand bucks a week for doing nothing versus, you know, I think I was making 400 a week back in the day, you know, like next to nothing. I'd be like, all right, I'm staying unemployed. <laughs> Fuck you, Araceli. I'm not going into Wendy's tomorrow, you know? So, um, it's a bad trend. I, I think anyone 
that leans, you know, liberty oriented already understands that deeply. But moreover, it's it's occurring for a purpose that I think, you know, if you if you are willing to deeply research this topic and not just trust in what the media is selling you or what your governor is selling you. Um, I don't know how any rational thinking human can come away with a conclusion that this is the right path to be on, that we should not be working, that we should be, we should have over half of the fucking country sitting in their homes. Uh, it's absolute madness. You know, there was these two doctors that came out actually near me, I mean, relatively, um, out of Kern County, which is like Bakersfield, total shithole. But anyways, two doctors, very nice guys, seemed like flaming homosexuals, not the point. And they had a lot to say that I agreed with, which is nice because I haven't heard many doctors talk other than Fauci and Burks and the people at the tippy top, tippy top that are telling us all, you know, we're doing the right thing. Stay home. Shut the fuck up, slave. Um, these guys came out and, you know, based off of their not only understanding of the day-to-day treatment of patients, but also their, you know, statistical analysis of data that they're they're taking in from across the country as well. And then comparing that to other countries who didn't have lockdowns or to other states that had, you know, delayed lockdowns. And this guy really lays it all out there that, you know, his belief is that this is far more dangerous proceeding with the lockdown than it would be without. And I genuinely implore anyone listening that still doubts, you know, maybe this is the right thing. Maybe I should be starving and <laughs> and not working for the next 6, 18 months or whatever to, until we have a vaccine. If you think that, please, for the love of God, go out, check it out, YouTube, you know, Two Doctors, Kern County. They'll break it all down for you. I might even post a description if I could figure out how to do it in the, uh, post, post a link rather in the description. So... I am concerned, folks, and I've been meaning to to get into some of the economic ramifications. I may do an entire episode on that, but I'm, I'm going to just briefly discuss it. Um, as some of you know, you know, I'm a money manager. That's what I do. I I've managed millions of dollars in investments for dozens of clients, and that's my expertise. I'm I'm decent at it. I've been successful, and I can just tell you that the government doesn't understand what I do when I'm talking about this stuff. They, they will look at this in a technocratic fashion. They will not understand the knock-on effects. They won't un- understand the unintended consequences of their plans. And I think that's the one reason I lean away from this being a, a grand conspiracy theory is that, you know, Dr. Fauci... Maybe he's a scumbag. There's, I've read plenty of stuff. I've seen, you know, <laughs> seen a few few reasons to doubt his uh, his expertise or at least his sincerity with this lockdown. But um, giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, his specialty is in de- disease control and epidemiology. He is not an economist. I mean, he's not even a Paul Krugman economist. He's not even a shit economist. He is a doctor who focuses on disease. So if you if you come to me and you say, how do we make money? I'm going to tell you how to make money. I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm not going to focus on how many people are going to die from a disease when I'm talking about investing. 
same thing with him, but on the, on the inverse, you know, you ask him, what are you going to do to diminish the amount of deaths? He's going to say, well, I think that uh, people should stay home. Pretty simple, you know, and, and he may be right. You know, you may, you may be able to diminish the outbreak slightly and delay it slightly um, by doing so, but he doesn't have a grasp on the economic ramifications and the deaths that may come, in my opinion, will come from a depression and a global depression, which is what I, I can't understand how almost every country has taken the same fucking insane path. It's mind blowing to me, but, um, so just briefly, you know, I'll give a little, little explanation as to what I see coming. There are knock on effects from top down governmental, you know, command control economy type structures. Um, most famously in China, mass starvation. It, pretty much any time you have uh, command economy type stuff from the top, you end up with starvation because you cannot manage the ins and outs of food production, much less the entire economy. And communists or socialists, to a lesser extent, well, same extent, since they're kind of similar, but they regularly have this issue where they say, we can't, you know, we gotta have, we gotta have price controls. We gotta have uh, no gouging, blah, blah, blah. You end up with shortages. You end up with starvation. You end up with mass death. And, you know, I don't think that's going to happen in this country. God willing, it won't, unless you're a collapsitarian, you don't want to see that. Um, but the food supply chain is already breaking down. I mean, you can read about it all day long. There, there are numerous articles. Thomas Massey's kind of made that his pet project. Thank God bless him. He's the only congressman worth a shit recently. And, you know, he's really going out of his way to warn people that if we stay on this path, the pain that we're going to experience is going to be, you know, it'll pale in comparison to what we're dealing with with this virus. And the virus is not fun. But you know what's not fun too? Starvation. Being unemployed. Chronic unemployment. Unemployment where people can't can't even begin to find a job. Um, you know, we went from a 3 or 4% unemployment rate, which was kind of juiced and bullshit, but we don't need to get into that, to, you know, in my opinion, we're north of 20 right now, and we're headed for 30. So look out, <laughs> you know, look out below. You can't, you can't have unemployment skyrocket and maintain at that level for an extended period of time without absolute devastation and social unrest too. I mean, whether, whether these idiots that, you know, buy the experts' logic and, and are willing to stay home to infinity when they don't have food all of the explanations go out the window you know when they don't have money to go buy anything all of the explanations go out the window they will they will rise up too so this has to end it can't stretch out to 2021 it can't stretch out until fucking october and it can't even stretch out until july in my view without creating a depression. If it if we even get into middle of June area, we're talking 1932 devastation. So it's now or never, folks. I mean, we got I mean, the the economic devastation from what we've already done, 6 weeks of zero economic activity. I mean, we've had 
negative GDP for the first quarter in forever. And that's only after six weeks. You stretch the shit out for another two months, you're going to have chronic unemployment that does not bounce back. It simply will not. And there's next level effects that no one's talking about for the most part. And this is the stuff that I really can bring to the table for you guys that are listening that may not understand it that well. And that's that if you recall from the 0809 collapse, there was uh, collateralized debt obligations. There was tranches of debt that were being bought and repackaged and sold off. And it allowed for uh, an increased amount of debt that, you know, I'm not, it's not about regulatory agencies being able to stop this type of stuff. Like these guys are above the law anyways. They write it with their lobbyists. So just get that fucking thought out of your head. It has nothing to do with whether or not they, they were over or under regulated. They aren't regulated because they write the laws. So it doesn't matter. Anyways, um, basically no one understood how interconnected the debt system was. So, I mean, anyone with a brain knew we had a lot of debt. We had a lot of mortgage debt out there. Most people, even myself, didn't fully understand how that debt was chronically spread across entire, not just institutions, but entire fields, you know, where it'd be like, you have Bear Stearns or AIG or one of these guys go under, and then all of a sudden you have 10 other banks that had mutual contracts with these guys that then became insolvent as well. And then, you know, 800 billion, ooh, the good old days when we only had $800 billion bailouts, um, you know, from Paulson and, and company. That was the solution back then. Well, we we're already at 2.2 trillion and it's not gonna make a dent. That is not even close to the economic devastation that we're dealing with because you shut down the economy. Our, our recession was nothing compared to this. This is, this is turning off the lights for the thing that sustains us. It's suicidal. To think otherwise is ignorance beyond belief. So, I bring up the 0809 collapse just to give some understanding or some example of the knock-on effects that I can't know right now. But trust me when I tell you, there are, there are major companies right now on the precipice of collapse, of bankruptcy. And those companies will be tied to other industries that you will not expect that will also go under because they will be dragged under. It's like a person that's drowning. They will grab everyone around them and bring them down with them. And that's where you get the whole too big to fail moniker. You know, you can't have Chase go under. Jesus Christ, Chase goes under. They're tied to, you know, 20 other blue chip companies that would probably sink if they actually defaulted on all their their uh, obligations. So I think that's the biggest thing to point out. And, and the early stages, we're already seeing it with the food production. Those are just small, you know, chinks in the armor. It's going to, it's going to be exponential. And I'm going to give further thought to what I actually think will be coming down the path 
Um, but it's not going to be pretty. And, you know, I can get into more investment advice and things of that nature if people are interested. But uh, for now, I think we'll keep this one short since it's my first go. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Again, this is Clint. You can follow me on Twitter at Liberty Lockpod. That's just liberty, like the word that we all love and miss desperately. Lock, like lockdown, but no down. And then pod, Liberty Lock Pod. Again, this is Clint. Love you, motherfuckers. We out.